0: Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. It's always great to have you all with us. This is the second Sunday of January and you came back. (laughs) We got a whole year lined up, so you ain't seen nothing yet, so... Everybody, wow, what a wonderful opportunity we have to to be co-creators of a world that works for everyone. I think about the fact that uh, we come together here and other faith communities are gathering, and why are we doing that? And we do that to remind each other of the truth. And here in Unity, that truth is that each and every one of us is inherently good, That each and every one of us matters, that each and every one of us is empowered to make a constructive difference in the world when we ground ourselves in the awareness of the fullness of what God is. And in unity, we describe that as as love, as wisdom, as all these positive attributes that we would want to see in ourselves made manifest and in the world. So we sing about that. We rest in the awareness of that experience. We remind ourselves through words. And most importantly, we simply witness one another's lives, providing that sacred holy space without judgment to just be seen, to just be acknowledged, and to be recognized as an individualized expression of the creative power that God is. So a question that people who are on a spiritual path wrestle with, and it's a general set of questions really, is how do we lean into the paradoxes of our lives? Those experiences and those times when we come across two different pieces of information that are contradictory and yet true at the same time. Or another way of looking at that, how do we deal with the polarities in our lives? We often talk about the the political spectrum. This is Washington. It's just kind of what we do. How how is it that this might be true and this might be true? How do we balance the seeming contradictions in our lives, in ourselves, and in the world? Because it would seem that as people who are committed to living a spiritual life, that ultimately what we would like to do is develop a continual sense of equanimity, meaning we can be fully present to what is. And to recognize and know that we are empowered to address Whatever is before us with a point of view of wisdom and strength and courage. It ostensibly seems like a pretty tall order. So the question is, can we actually do it? And I have the answer. It's always nice to have the answer. Yes, that's the answer. Because we've been doing it our whole lives. What we want to do in this experience today is to remind ourselves that that is a conscious process and to be fully aware of our ability to address the seeming contradictions, the paradoxes, and the polarities in our lives. So what I've got in store for the next several weeks is a series of talks that address various and sundry polarities and contradictions that we live with in the world. Next week... Reverend Sandra Butler, Minister Emeritus, will address the paradox and the, the polarities of pessimism and idealism. Pessimism, you, you read a paper, right? You see facts and news and that sort of stuff. Idealism, what's possible? How do we balance those two things? How do we live with the facts or the alternative facts and our ideal world that we are co-creating? Great news, Reverend Sandra has wonderful tools to share with you next week how to do that. The board and I will all be on retreat in Williamsburg, so pray for us. We're really excited because we've got some great ideas for how, how Unity of Fairfax will soar in 24. We just need that opportunity to put our heads together and manifest some wonderful things we'll be sharing at the February Community Dialogue meeting. Then on the 28th, in two weeks, I'll address this idea of divinity and humanity. We often say, in echoing Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, the French priest, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Well, what does that really mean, and is that really a thing? So we want to lean into that and find out how it is that we can be only human while at the exact same time being individualized expressions of the creative magnificence of divinity. I'm really excited about that. On February 4th, Reverend Sherry Quander will will highlight the, the experiences and the differences between Christmas and Easter. Now, you might be thinking, well, we just did Christmas, oh, for Pete's sake. Well, we did, and I hope you remember what we talked about. Because Easter is coming up really soon. It's coming at the end of March. And there's the experience of Christmas of the incarnation of divinity in the world and in us. And Easter seems to be about the overcoming of divinity. I mean, overcoming of humanity. So how does all that tie together? Well, the wonderful things, Reverend Sherry Kwanda right there. She's got some wonderful things to share about that. And then I'll wrap it up February 11th, tie it all together and see where we've ended up which is why I was following the choir, because they seemed to know where they were going. I'm not exactly sure where we're going, but it does seem to be a wonderful ride. I'm enjoying it. I hope you do as well. Today we want to look at the polarity, or the paradox, of what we call asceticism and activism. So we, when we think about asceticism, we're really talking about the uh, contemplative life, the, the eschewing of worldly pleasures so that we can ground ourselves in prayer and meditation and contemplation and, and those sorts of things. While activism is like, let's get out there, let's co-create a world that makes a difference. Let's you know, make a sign for Pete's sake, get a bumper sticker, do something. So what do, how do we balance these two things? Because as As empowered individuals, it seems like we are very capable of doing a lot of stuff, and we are, and yet we know as well that our doing proceeds from our being. So we need to find a way, a regular way, to stay grounded and rooted in what we consider to be true. Somebody who seemed to pull this off was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., This is the holiday the weekend in which we observe his birth, which was on January 15th, 1929. And we remember the myriad ways that he and so many others helped to elevate the consciousness of our country and even the world into what was possible when we committed to loving one another, committed to working for change, and committed to living that spirit that we read about in the book of Matthew. Listen to these words. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only the tax collectors, never got a good rap. And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. These are the words of Jesus, and yet they informed the work in the ministry of the minister, Reverend King. We must love one another, for in love comes our power. Let's hear from Dr. King himself. And one of the great problems of history is that the concepts of love and power have usually been contrasted as opposites, polar opposites. So that love is identified with a resignation of power And power with a denial of love. Now, we got to get this thing right. What is needed is a realization that power without love is reckless and abusive and that love without power is sentimental and anemic. Power at its best. (laughs) Power at its best is love. implementing the demands of justice and justice at its best is love correcting everything that stands against love. Can I get an amen? Let me just read that again. Power without love is reckless and abusive and love without power is sentimental and anemic. Power at its best is love, implementing the demands of justice, and justice at its best is the power, correcting everything that stands against love. When I first encountered this particular quote, I thought about love, the contemplative, prayerful power, and activism, doing something. They must be married together, if we are to truly co-create a world that works for everyone. So it is incumbent upon us then to remember that we have a model for doing these things. And in unity, we look to Jesus as the great example, not the great exception, of what we can be and what we can do. And in the model of Jesus, it's, it's kind of messy. You got to admit, you know, I, I, I think about this, this notion that he said, you know, we've got to love one another. The first social action was an action grounded in contemplation, loving. We just read about that, being willing to love even those who don't love you. And I think it's important to note that he didn't say you have to like everybody because you are not going to like everybody, and I can assure you, They will not all like you. But love transcends the the egoic needing to like or be liked. Love says, I will hold the highest vision and value even if you can't stand me. And even if I have a little difficulty with you, love says, I'm going to hold the best for everybody. That to me in and of itself is an action that we can all take regardless of what side of the fence you find you're on or what end of the polarity you find yourself on. Can't we just hold the vision of everybody being at peace? I one time heard a speaker or a teacher say some, answer the question, how can I love somebody who is just being rotten in whatever way rotten shows up? And the speaker said, just pray for that person the exact same thing that you would want for yourself. Peace of mind. Well, if I had peace of mind, I probably wouldn't lash out and hurt somebody. Vibrant health. If I wasn't in pain mentally or physically, I probably wouldn't lash out. Abundance. If I had enough of every good thing, I wouldn't have to go steal or take somebody else's. Wisdom. If I had enough wisdom, then I would know what's best for me to do and what I should not be doing. What if everybody had those things? That is a way of loving activism, and you can ascribe anybody's name that you want, especially the ones you don't like. You can be loving enough to see the best for them and for themselves. But let's be real clear, Jesus got messy, and in the, in the experience of Holy Week, Jesus went into the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. This is somebody who really got himself into trouble. He was acting out. And then there's another section also in Matthew where he's talking about scribes and Pharisees, and he is calling them out on their BS. Belief system, BS, belief system. That's what that means. (laughs) Listen to this. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the plate so that the outside may become clean. He's saying basically, look within Y'all are saying one thing and doing something totally different and I'm calling it out. And he didn't call it out so that they would be punished for all eternity. He's calling it out so they would see the error of their ways and how they were ultimately hurting themselves as well as hurting other people with their ignorance and their hypocrisy. It gets worse. So that's Matthew chapter 21. Just read it if you're looking for a good time. He committed himself to breaking down social barriers left, right, and center. The story of meeting with a Samaritan woman. Listen to this. This is from John. A Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus' reaction and his whole story was basically saying, you know, that rule is stupid. We both need water. Why don't we just share the water and get along? What is this barrier? What does it serve? What good does it do? He even healed people who you would think would not be welcome. Matthew chapter 8, when he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, appealing to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed. He is in terrible distress. And Jesus said, I will come and cure him. Now, the centurions represented the, the occupying Roman army, not really welcome guests, visitors. And Jesus said, that's all right, I don't care. Somebody, a human being, is suffering. And I don't care who that suffering person is. I will come and heal. We think so much about what uh, our holiday is about this weekend. And in so many ways, not only Dr. King, but so many other people had similar experiences, all of which get back to this notion of I am love and I am power. I must pull these things together for the greater good of all. And consistently, what we see in the scriptures many times, too many times to count, but at least 38, (laughs) because I counted. Jesus would do healing work, do a celebration, do something, and go off to pray. It's just understanding I've been giving my my life energy. I've been out doing the work, making a difference. But so that I don't get so caught up in the work itself I lose sight of myself and why I'm doing it, I'm going to recharge. I'm going to remind myself who I am and why I am doing this, why this is important. You know, I, I kind of think there's something, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I, I love these stories. I love the, the expression that we look at Jesus as the great example rather than the great exception. But there's something crucially missing for me. Jesus didn't have to go to a job and come home and tend to the wife and kids. I just think it would have been richer and more relevant for us today if he had to go to work and work being a change agent, and tend to a spiritual life, and take care of the kids, and go to the homeowners association meeting, and and go and vote, and go to the grocery store, and scroll through Facebook. I mean, it just, you get the point. That all of us have to make the effort to be intentional about the time we give to our contemplation, to the development of our soul and our spirit, and to grow and solidify the consciousness of love every bit as much as we must be conscientious and intentional about the things we are doing to make the world a safer, more loving place for everyone. We can look at the example of Dr. King and look and and find the instances where his humanity was on full display, of course it was, he was a human being. And we can look at the instances where truly he was inspired, of course he was. But let us know that each one of us has those exact same capabilities to be a spiritual leader in whatever circle we find ourselves, whether it's sitting at home with the dog and the cat. With the whole family. We're right here at Unity. And we are also those agents who are agents of inspired action who are doing the work of building a safe community. Last evening, yesterday, Unity of Fairfax hosted an event. I want to give you an example of individuals making the world a better place. Last evening, we hosted a rental for an organization called Great Vibe Events. This was an organization of families working to provide social activities for individuals with developmental disabilities. The church was packed. Families coming together, adults coming together, individuals at different stages, having fun, building relationship, getting to know one another, learning about Unity of Fairfax, co-creating a world that works for everyone. And in talking to the organizers of the event yesterday afternoon, they shared with me their inspiration for doing the work, how it supported their faith, how it helped them to become better people. And I thought to myself, that's a form of activism that touches so many lives, that invites more people to the table of the bounty and the beauty and the power of God and says, you are welcome, you are seen, you are included, you matter. And because you're here, I am blessed. So when we think about this weekend and we think about this polarity of activism and asceticism, contemplation and engagement, let us be mindful that there is always a way to balance. There is always a way to know that we are being instruments of the divine, making a healing in the world. And let us always know that anytime we do that, anytime we set that conscious intention and take that first step, not only is the world a better place, but we are better people. Let's do something out of love, which is a wonderful way of acknowledging Dr. King and his memory, and that living spirit of truth within us all. Peace be with you, and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11am, or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.